Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Senor Pocota. I want to introduce for you my new song. Please, I want everybody dancing.
The Bob Show.
WCBSFM. Are you glad to be in America? So the breeze is gone now, and Superman is left back door. James Blood Omer with his Rough Trade single, Are You Glad to Be in America? Shake American, performed by Michael Inshorn. Best Enemies was the tune before that, performed by the Heroin Sheiks. And kicking off 
the musical festivities on this music-loving show was Juggy Murray Jones with his team, Inside America, Part 2. from the Yazoo Records release, The Return of the Stuff That Dreams Are Made Of, that is Uncle Dave Macon and his fruit jar drinkers with Sail Away Ladies. And we've got to sail away to a commercial break, but don't touch that dial. We'll be right back with more music and more variety here on The Bob Show. WCBSFM Snap, what a happy sound. Snap is the happiest sound I've found. You may clap, rap, clap, slap, but snap makes the world go round. Snap, crackle, Rice Krispies. I say it's crackle, but crispy sound. You gotta have crackle or the clock's not wound. Geese cackle, feathers tickle, belts buckle, beats pickle, but crackle makes the world go round. Snap, crackle, Rice Krispies. I insist that pops the sound. The best is missed unless pops around. You can't stop hopping when the cereal's popping. Pop makes the world go round. Snap, crackle, pop, Rice Krispies. Snap, crackle, pop, Rice Krispies. Kellogg's best to you. You are listening to The Boat Show.
second release return of the giant slits that is the slits with animal space slash spacer where are the good songs that gone wcbs
Yes, fading from your speakers is the sweet sound of Cal Jader and Eddie Palmieri on the tune Yellow Days, and before that, the tune Life of Crime performed by The Weirdos. And that does it for me. I am out of here. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, always remember to never ever forget that I, Christopher Minner Bubs, host of The Bub Show, I wish each and every one of you every good thing.
I really haven't seen this many people in one place since they took the group photographs of all the criminals and lawbreakers in the Ronald Reagan administration. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. 225 of them so far. 225 different people in the Ronald Reagan administration have either quit, been fired, been arrested, indicted, or convicted of either breaking the law or violating the ethics code. 225 of them. And Edwin Meese alone, <laughs> Edwin Meese alone has been investigated by three separate special prosecutors, and there's a fourth one waiting for him in Washington right now. Three separate special prosecutors have had to look into the activities of the Attorney General. And the Attorney General is the nation's leading law enforcement officer. <laughs> See, that's what you gotta remember. This is the Ronald Reagan administration we're talking about. These are the law and order people. These are the people who are against street crime. They wanna put street criminals in jail to make life safer for the business criminals. <laughs> They're against street crime. Yeah, they're against street crime, providing that street isn't Wall Street. <laughs> and the Supreme Court decided about a year ago that it's all right to put people in jail now if we just think they're going to commit a crime. It's called preventive detention. All you've got to do now is just think they're going to commit a crime. Well, if we'd have known this shit seven or eight years ago, we could have put a bunch of these Republican motherfuckers directly into prison. <laughs> Put them in the joint where they belong and we could have saved the money of putting these country club pinheaded assholes on trial. <laughs> Another thing you gotta remember, this is the group of people who were elected with the help of the moral majority. Elected with the help of the moral majority and the Teamsters Union. <laughs> That's a good combination. <laughs> organized religion and organized crime working together to help build a better America. Another thing. Keep in mind, these Reagan people are the ones that were going to get government off our backs. Remember that? That was the rhetoric of the 1980 campaign. We'll get government off your backs and out of your lives. Yeah, but they still want to tell you what magazines you can read, and they still want to tell you what rock lyrics you can listen to, and they still want to force your kids to pray in school, and they still want to tell you what you can say on the radio. The FCC, the Federal Communications Commission, decided all by itself that radio and television were the only two parts of American life not protected by the free speech provisions of the First Amendment to the Constitution. I'd like to repeat that because it sounds vaguely important. <laughs> the FCC, an appointed body, not elected, answerable only to the president, decided on its own that Radio and television were the only two parts of American life not protected by the First Amendment to the Constitution. And why did they decide that? Because they got a letter from a minister in Mississippi. <laughs> a Reverend Donald Wildman in Mississippi heard something on the radio that he didn't like. Well, Reverend, did anyone ever tell you there are two knobs on the radio? <laughs> Of course, I'm sure the Reverend isn't that comfortable with anything that has two knobs on it. <laughs> but hey, Reverend, there are two knobs on the radio. One of them turns the radio off, and the other one changes the station. <laughs> Imagine that, Reverend, you can actually change the station. It's called freedom of choice, and it's one of the principles this country was founded upon. Look it up in the library, Reverend, if you have any of them left when you finish burning all the books. <laughs> Now, I don't know how you feel, but I have personally just about had it with these fucking church people. <laughs> just about had it. Yeah. You know what I say we should do with these churches? Tax them. Tax these motherfuckers. If they're so interested in politics and government and public policy, let them pay their fucking admission price like everybody else. You know what I mean? Tax them. Hey, the Catholic Church alone could wipe out the federal budget deficit. 
if all you did was tax them on their real estate holdings. And speaking of real estate holdings, let's get back to Ronald Reagan and his criminal gang. When last we left them, they were going to get government off our backs. Yeah, but when it comes to abortion, they don't mind government being in a woman's uterus, do they? Yeah, backs are no good, but uterus is okay by them. These people call themselves right to lifers. Don't you love that phrase? And don't you love the way these kind of people pervert the English language, right to lifers? You realize that most of the right to lifers are in favor of the death penalty? and they support the South American death squads, and they're against gun control, and they're against nuclear weapons control. When they say right to life, they're talking about their right to decide which people should live or die. So these right-wingers, you know? So these Reagan people, these right-wingers in general, these uh, crypto-fascists, they're against homosexuality. They're against pornography. They're against sex education. They're against abortion. Yeah, they're gonna get government off your back, but they're gonna tell you how to live your sex life. And let me ask you this, how would they know anything about it? <laughs> Have you ever taken a look at those people? No wonder they're afraid of their bodies. Take a look at them. Doesn't it strike you as mildly ironic that most of the people who are against abortion are people you wouldn't want to fuck in the first place? Doesn't it strike you a little strange? Hey, I'm the first one to say it's a great country, but it's a strange culture. We got a strange culture. This has got to be the only country in the world that could ever come up with a disease like bulimia. <laughs> got to be the only country in the world where some people have no food at all and other people eat a nourishing meal and puke it up intentionally. This is a country where tobacco kills 400,000 people a year, so they ban artificial sweeteners. Because a rat died. You know what I mean? This is a place where gun store owners are given a list of stolen credit cards, but not a list of criminals and maniacs. And now they're thinking about banning toy guns, and they're gonna keep the fucking real ones! <laughs> this is a place where alcohol ruins more lives than cancer, and everybody gets upset when some athlete gets hooked on cocaine. You know, Time Magazine and Newsweek, they put cocaine on the cover, but they put the liquor advertisements inside the magazine. It's the old American double standard, you know, say one thing, do something different. And of course, the country is founded on the double standard. That's our history. We were founded on a very basic double standard. This country was founded by slave owners who wanted to be free. Am I right? A group of slave owners who wanted to be free. So they killed a lot of white English people in order to continue owning their black African people so they could wipe out the rest of the red Indian people and move west and steal the rest of the land from the brown Mexican people, giving them a place to take off and drop their nuclear weapons on the yellow Japanese people. You know what the motto? You know what the motto of this country ought to be? You give us a color, we'll wipe it out. We got it. So anyway, about 80 years after the Constitution is ratified, 80 years later, the slaves are freed. Not so you'd really notice it, of course. <laughs> Just sort of on paper. And that was, of course, during the Civil War. Now, there's another phrase I dearly love. That is a true oxymoron if I've ever heard one. Civil War. Do you think any country could really have a civil war? <laughs> Say, pardon me. <laughs> I'm awfully sorry. So. Now, of course, the Civil War has been over for about 120 years, but not so you'd really notice it. Because we still have these people called Civil War buffs. People who thought it was a really keen war. 
and they study the battles carefully and they try to improve on the strategies and the tactics to increase the body count in case we have to go through it again sometime. In fact, some of these people actually get dressed up in uniform once a year and go out and refight these battles. You know what I say? Use live ammunition, assholes, would you please? You might just raise the intelligence level of the American gene pool. But what do you expect? Hey, come on, this is a warlike country. We come from that Northern European, basically the Northern European genes, the blue eyes, those blue eyes. Boy, everybody in the world learned real quick, didn't they? When those blue eyes sail out of the North, you better nail everything down, motherfucker. <laughs> nail it down, strap it down, or they'll grab it. If they can't take it home, they'll burn it. If they can't burn it, they'll fuck it. <laughs> That's what happened to us. And it's a warlike country, come on. I mean, forget foreign policy. Even the domestic rhetoric is warlike. Everything about our domestic policy invokes the thought of war. We don't like something in this country, we declare war on it. The war on poverty, the war on drugs, the war on crime, the war on AIDS, the war on cancer. We got the only national anthem that mentions fucking rockets and bombs in the goddamn thing, you know what I mean? All right. 